BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, U is for Undies. You can now purchase books by Dan and Dawn, as well as Kickstarter cards online. Head over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link to buy Dan and Dawn. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Your host Dan and Dawn are going to share their experience and insight on kinks, power exchange, and erotic life. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. How are you this fine morning? So, it's early. I, we, we decided we liked podcasting first thing in the morning, right? That's what we decided. <laughs> I think it's just because we run out of time during the day to do it at <clears throat> night. So, it's an early morning, but it's a good morning. Glad to hear that. Ginger's had her nice morning walk. The birds are tweeting, and the sun is doing its thing as well. So, why not podcast, they say. Why not, indeed? So today on the podcast, we are going to talk about... Uh, actually, we were going to have a great conversation with someone named JJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to help us with a fetish we know jack shit about, the uh, fetishes around panties. So, or for the letter U, undies. Yes. We kind of made that fit in. We so. did, indeed. <laughs> we tend to do that sometimes. So, but yeah, it was a good conversation. So I learned a little bit more about the topic. And like you said, not really... Our thing, I mean, we've used panties for bondage or for gags or things like that, but it's more of a tool (laughs) than a fetish. (laughs) And a fine tool in those regards as well. Mm -hmm. Other than that interview with JJ, we just do not have a lot going on on the show today. Um, Other than that, we've we've got a question of the day, but not too much else. And I'm not sure I get this question of the day. So, well, that's okay. Um, I received a FET mail, and this is literally what was in the FET mail. There was no information around it. There was no anything. So I thought I'd ask you the question. So someone wrote me and said, I want to be a slave, but people aren't taking me seriously. What should I do? If that is the complete context of that question, the first thing I would do... I would write back and say, give me more context. Right. <laughs> but if I don't get that, the first thing I would do is take a look at how I am defining that slave word. What does that mean, I want to be a slave? So I would make sure that for myself, I understand what does the term mean to me. Now, it, it means different things to other people. If you think you've got the one true definition, someone else is going to argue with you. Uh, so find out what it means for you. So I agree with that. So, you know, find out what it means. Slave can mean a lot of different things. Do they mean sex slave? Do they mean service slave? Do they mean, really, do they mean bottom? Do they mean, you know, is it a a placing thing? So, yeah, I'll be writing them to get some more information. But, you know, my other thought was, um, are they just doing this online? Are they meeting people in person? Why are they not being taken seriously? What? What is it that is not being taken seriously? Their attitude, their... What is yeah, it? and that's a great question, right? Part two of this 
is why am I not being taken seriously? Well, it depends. If if I started running around the community telling people I was a slave, they wouldn't take me seriously because they know me. Right. And they know that that's not how they perceive me, right? If you're the kind of person, here's who I don't take seriously <clears throat> as a slave, is those uh, people on FetLife that are rude and condescending to other people. Mm-hmm. To me, in my reality, in my view of the world, slaves cannot be rude and condescending. It is not a slavely quality, or at least not a not a well-trained slave. Now, I'm not the most judgmental person in the world, so I would say you could not be my slave if that was your attitude, right? Mm. If you're all, if you're particularly if you're leading a lot of stuff and you're constantly having to be in charge, um, you may not be viewed as a slave or it may be challenging for people to view you as a slave but the the trick to that is the only person that needs to take you seriously as a slave is your master Mm. so i don't know how attached i would want to be to that so but that's a that's a thing because i lead a lot of stuff and i am in charge of a lot of stuff but i think i'm still viewed as a slave because my master views me as a slave so you're right it only matters to the master so, okay, so quickie question of the day. Not a lot of uh, feedback on it because there wasn't a lot of information in the question. Well, you know, we, and then part three, what should I do? Right. It's challenging to guess what to do when we don't know part one and part two. Right. But part three is what should I do? Find a master and submit. Right. And he will or she will guide you into the requirements for being a slave. Now you got to find the right master for you. You can't just pick up any swinging dick on FetLife. There's a... You know, but again, if what you're looking for is you want to be dominated in the bedroom, find a master that that's what they think of a slave as and that's what they think of being a master as. If you're looking for somebody to teach you leather protocols and um, and the service aspect of it, then you want someone more, more, more like me, right? Uh, that's more what my gig is. Um... Makes sense to me. All right. That's all I got on that one. Cool. Short and sweet. Awesome. So what else do we have going? You know what? I was getting ready to say, I love the podcast when I say, oh, I'm getting ready to pack. We have a trip coming up. Mm-hmm. And we do. We have two trips coming up. We have, was it red, black, and blue? Yep. Coming up in Indy. We have Synergy coming yep. up in Michigan. Michigan. Yep. Right? So those are at the end of the month. But um, when I say, I've been packing, it means something else. Look at all those boxes. (laughs) So we are actually going to be moving the podcast studio again in about a month. And in the meantime, we are packing up where we are. So that's everything's changing. Yeah. The the, the, uh, next couple of months have a ton of change in them, both from a Dan and Dawn kink community, people-wise perspective, Mm -hmm. um, but also from on a lot of personal stuff as well. Yeah, we're we're moving into, well, we close in a couple of weeks, so we don't want to jinx it, but we have already started packing, so, and we will be... On a new house. Right, on a new house, so it's just all, yeah. So we found, what did, what did Karen call, call it? We found the... The what? unicorn house. The unicorn house for poly people, so, and, um, oh, actually, we described this house um, at our... Polyamory, plain and simple. Right, intensive on Saturday, and there was a, another foursome there that's like, oh, we want that house because <laughs> it's the <laughs> unicorn. So, and literally, they couldn't find another house like it, and it just 
in, in Columbus to even appraise it against. So, and it just kind of, I don't want to say it fell into our lap because we were doing a lot of searching, but where, I think Karen's the one that found it, where she found it is not the original place we were looking. Mm -hmm. So whether online or location in the city. So yeah, all that stuff's going on. So it is important when you're uh, this busy, right, to step back. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, kids. We're, we're moving into some new realms as far as polyamory is concerned. Um, we've spoken on occasion about the space, which is going to be the new kink mecca in Columbus, Ohio. And that's mm -hmm. getting closer and closer. I have some job changes coming up. More and more stuff. Uh, it's important to remember, though, to, to sit back, be grateful on occasion, practice that sense of gratitude that we have all these opportunities. Indeed. So, and uh, maybe we probably shouldn't list them out so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it seems a little overwhelming when we list them, them out. <laughs> One of the things that we at Erotic Awakening are grateful for is... Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by KJ Canes, home of the original designer glow-in-the-dark and light-up canes. This is where art and pleasure come together to suit your, suit your unique style. They have the biggest selection of canes on the net. And it's more than canes. Check out the brand new KJCanes.com for a great selection of hand-poured, low-temp paraffin and soy wax candles, as well as all the basics such as gags, Collars, fetish jewelry, nipple clamps, whips, floggers, paddles, vibes, and more. EA listeners get 10% off orders of $25 or more with the discount code DANANDDAWN15. Head over to KJ Canes and check it out. Nice. We need to use ours before we pack them up for the move. We should get. We should use them. I said that. <laughs> yes, we, they may be packed up already. I don't know. Oh, no. Fortunately for us, the uh, Kathy has taught us a, a new word, um... Tentalicious or tentaclicious. She said she found some stuff that was tentaclicious. Ooh. So that nice. is our. We do not have tentacle links, but we certainly have tentacle words. No, and we had someone post on um, our Facebook page. Our oh my gosh. Yes, Facebook we do have it. Yes. So what was it? A tentacle crib? Yes. It was a crib with little tentacles coming yeah, off the four corners. Which is really, really kind of neat. Not the way I enjoy tentacles. But really, really neat. Maybe so. that's why you've got such a tentacle fetish. Maybe you were raised in a crib like that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> we did get one interesting thing uh, in feedback from our previous uh, question of the day about protectors. I saw that. Someone had written in and said that when they split with their uh, capital letter type earlier, um, they had someone that they considered a friend approach them and suggest that they should wear his collar. They also suggested that they stop taking their mental health medication and that this person could be could fix them. Um, now, at this point, our, our writer says, I recognize that they were just fragile, and this is one of those kind of predator doms uh, that happened to see that I was on a unsure footing and was preying on that. But this could be one of the reasons where having a protector might be of value, I suppose, is when you are in those more vulnerable stages. <laughs> I like her wording, though. I'm assuming it's a her. Um, she says that uh, now she understands and recognizes that he was just a true dom. And um, part of having a protector is, so, is to ward off potentially true twats. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
So, so it's nice to have somebody that could validate what they're being told and someone trusted that they could ask. Uh, and that was one of the reasons that she found having a protector to be of value. So, uh, good. Good for them. Uh, we do not want to suggest that having any, doing anything is wrong if you find it of value. Right. Experiment. See what works for you. Um, so, there's some situations where maybe having a protector is of value. Good for you. That's uh, good. Exactly. Wow, this is really going to be a short one. We're this not is used to that. Indeed, so. going to be a short one. As I, you mentioned, the uh, poly plain and simple, that was fantastic. Got that knocked out. It was. And we had um, 14 attendees, which is awesome. I mean, that was like a perfect size for that. So we started at like 10 o'clock in the morning and we went until almost four. Mm-hmm. So still didn't cover everything that we have to share with people about Polly. So we just have so much that we've learned over the years. But um, we had people there that were curious about it. So we're going to label them curious from Pittsburgh, you know, (laughs) all the way to um, mature in Chicago, as in I think they've been doing this for quite a while. And had currently a five-person pod thing that they're putting together. Right, right. So, you know, and and everything in between. So it it was kind of neat that we didn't have any locals. Everything was Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was weird. Cleveland, that was pretty Chicago. And but I think it's because the local people get to hear us at the Poly Columbus meeting, sure. which is tonight. And they, they probably see us walk in and go, "Oi, not again." You know, <laughs> <laughs> they always have something to say. And um yeah, so it was neat that we could reach out like that and help a few people start their journeys with um different ways of looking at themselves and what they want. Yep, absolutely. So, uh and as you mentioned, right, we could have kept going and going on mm-hmm. that one. We uh, we'll talkers. have to do another intensive or a longer one, maybe a book or something sometime soon. Yes. Like With that. that, that is about it. If you're a fan of the podcast, feel free to rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, like us on Facebook, or tell your friends. Other than that, uh, don't know much about panties. Fortunately for us, JJ does. <laughs> So, Don, when we started the whole kink A to Z, right. we knew there'd be some tricky letters. Like, for example, today we're on the letter U. Right. And U, of course, stands for undies. Ooh. Which is where we're going to go am. with it. Look, look, mine are purple. You're wearing purple undies today. <laughs> um, Bat doesn't wear panties at all. She was complaining about the cold chair yesterday. That's why I wear panties. I don't know who else has been sitting on that chair. <laughs> and that's about the extent of my knowledge about panties. Okay. I know that there's a fetishes. I know there's a variety of fetishes around it, around buying them, smelling them, selling them. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Fortunately, we've got an expert on the show today. Uh, JJ, you were very kind and courteous and said, I want to talk about panties. So thanks for joining the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. So when you say you know something about panties, what is your relationship with panties? Let's start off with, what are we talking about when we're talking about panties? Are we just talking about women's underwear? Is there certain types of women's underwear? Well, there's certainly, you know, we can talk about it in general. I mean, uh, different individual people have different things they like. Um, But of course, uh, when you're talking about panties, it generally refers to women's underwear. It's usually... Um, briefs or uh, g-strings or there's different styles but basically the smaller ones we're not talking about bloomers necessarily or 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 big long shorts although some people really like that stuff Um, and the thing about underwear is it's sexual without 
being really sexual. It's a, it's a clothing, it's a covering. And for a lot of guys, I think that it's a matter of the, the old saying how they, they like to leave something to the imagination. And so it's partially about the object itself and partially about its function, which is covering the body. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. So what is your take on what is your where, where do you sit in the panty fetish space? Well, I'm definitely a panty fetishist, which uh, kind of means that in order for me to orgasm, panties have to be involved, whether they whether I'm holding an actual pair or whether a woman's wearing them or whether I'm just imagining them in my head while I'm having sex or whatever I'm doing. But uh, panties are an object of fetishism, which I'm focused on that. That's my thing. I think um, every fetishist has a particular thing, and of course there's different kinds of fetishists, but... Um, uh, with panty fetishes, that's my object. That's that's the thing that I'm hooked on. So is it just for you? Is it just panties in general? Or is it used panties? Or is it just the item? Well, I when I was a young boy, uh, this is going to get a little bit too autobiographical, but <laughs> when I was a young boy, I... I was attracted to girls in skirts and um, they had to wear skirts in the school that I went to. And when uh, we were on the playground and stuff, they would always be very careful to keep their skirts down, but of course would occasionally see up them. And I was fascinated with what they were hiding under there. Um, I think that's how it developed. Um, and then as I got a little older, you know, boys had tidy whities or boxer shorts, very plain, um, masculine type underwear, uh, as opposed to women's underwear is always very frilly and colorful and very interesting, or a lot of it is, not all of it, but, um, and that kind of gender difference between, um, the two styles of underwear, um, really struck a chord with me for some reason and, uh, became an object of, fascination um it's become where i remember the first time i tried on a pair i told myself this is a piece of cloth it's it's made for a girl true but um that shouldn't matter it's it's still clothing it's still cloth and it could be styled differently and and be for a man but uh when i actually tried them on i became very aroused um which make it into the gender humiliation, that kind of thing, uh, which is a whole other area of eroticism, which I'm sure you guys know. Um, but I found that I really enjoyed them, and I enjoyed the, the styles, the colors, the, the different things. So I wear them a lot, and I'm fascinated with seeing what other people like and, and seeing what, uh, what they have hiding under their skirts. So, you, you knocked out one of my questions. I was going to ask if you wear them as well. What mm -hmm. about the whole thing where you, uh, I see people buying and selling panties. Is that because they're worn by somebody else? Is that another aspect of the fetish? And how do you know if you're getting a good deal or not when you're buying and selling somebody else's panties? Sure. Well, uh, it's not an area that I've 
uh, delved into myself very, very much at all. I know a little bit about it and I understand it. Um, certainly the smell and the feel of it and the, the idea that a woman actually wore these and they're intimate and personal uh, brings an erotic sense uh, to it. And certainly um, there are men that uh, don't have a lot of contact with women or women's clothing, and so that becomes uh, extremely erotic for them. Um, certainly hmm, there are different... Uh, there are different aspects of panty fetishism, and that's one of them. Some guys only like that. They will not wear them. They don't even particularly like seeing them, but they like to be able to hold them and to touch them, you know, while they're being aroused. So, uh, so that is one aspect. Okay, very cool. What about the? Um, have you had? Have you had the chance to? It, try to introduce this into a relationship and and if so what kind of feedback do you get or pushback for that matter absolutely there are uh there are women who have told me they absolutely would never date a guy that would wear women's clothing and you know and that gets into the cross-dressing thing and there are other women who are like well it's fun to do once in a while but i don't want it to be every day or we have to do this. They, they're intimidated by introducing any kind of um, fetish or um, kink into their love life that becomes a need rather than a special little fun thing that they do once in a while. And I understand that as well. Um, but I have to say most of the women that I've talked to um, view it as clothing and nothing more. And they understand where it's cute clothing or it's sexy clothing, but they don't quite understand the, the fetish side of it, which is um, that it has to be there for me. Okay, very cool. Um, great stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm just picturing we, frilly panties. And now I want to buy are, some. <laughs> and I should point out, in our, in our culture, there's... Um, uh, lingerie is considered very sexy and, and very normal for a woman to wear if she wants to arouse the man. And it's um, that kind of uh, that kind of thing you see all the time. You look at a Victoria's Secret ad, and it's extremely arousing to someone like me. Whereas someone else might look at it and think, "Meh, whatever." Um, but it gets into what your thing is. Now, I've explained it to male friends of mine like this. Um, I, I've said, okay, you know, a lot of guys like, say, large breasts on women, and they're attracted to that, and they're encouraged to be attracted by that, by advertising, by, by our culture, basically. And uh, lingerie is very similar. We're encouraged to be attracted to that. And with uh, large breasts, there might be guys that you know, they, they'll have sex with a woman if she has smaller breasts, but there are other guys who are like, no, 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 I like big breasts. If she doesn't have big breasts, she doesn't turn me on. Well, it's similar to that, if you can imagine that kind of uh, fetish. And there certainly are men that have large breast fetishes and don't even realize it because they don't call it that. But the more you examine what you what turns you on, 
the more you know about yourself and the more you can enjoy your sexuality. And that's kind of what I've done, and that's what I encourage other people to do. So whether it's dress, whether it's uh, a form of kink or, or a piece of clothing, um, I consider myself kind of lucky because uh, the object of my fetishism is really, really common. So uh, although it may not be a common form of fetish, it is something that I can find pretty much anywhere. Fantastic. And that actually answered the next question I was going to ask you. So instead, one more question, if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. If I wanted to get started and involved in my own panty fetish, is there a particular group or groups or area or even books that you recommend somebody get started with? Well, there's a lot of them, and it depends on, you know, um, the thing about it is is that I didn't ask for this fetish. It just kind of developed. And it can be a handicap to have a fetish where that's what you're focused on. So I don't, I don't encourage people to have a panty fetish, but if you're interested in panties and you find you might have that and you realize that um or it's just something that you like to do once in a while there are certainly um plenty of books plenty of plenty of groups out there uh, uh i would advise there's um hmm, there's different there's different groups depending on your interest i mean there's cross-dressing groups there's uh tons of books about lingerie and about um the history of underwear and I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared for that question. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of resources out there if, you, if you're interested. And a quick Google search will find you plenty of them. Okay, very cool. JJ, very much appreciate you being on the podcast today. You certainly helped me learn something. It's an area I didn't know a whole lot about. And you filled in some blanks for me. Very much appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Awesome. I'm going to go buy some new panties. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with party immediately following. You can catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at the Blue Pickle in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month. And the Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the room at the Columbus Insight Center. Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and the Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.